everyone, I'm Cheryl McNeil Fisher. Dr. Kathy King and I want you to know you are important to us. We are thrilled that you're here with us today for another episode of Writing Works Wonders. Welcome to Writing Works Wonders. This is episode 107, and we're so pleased you're with us. This is a writing workshop on the topic of memoir. We will be discussing both fiction and nonfiction in this episode. We know it will be a fun-filled episode, and we're looking forward to everybody's participation, whether you're live with us in Clubhouse or Zoom, or you're listening to the stream, or you're listening to the podcast, you can follow along with what we're doing. We're excited to bring this workshop to you. So now is the time. Put on your favorite earbuds and buckle up, Buttercup. It's time to enjoy your workshop with your friends at Writing Works Wonders. I'm Dr. Kathy King, and I'm so pleased to introduce you to my fabulous co-host, Cheryl McNeil, MacGyver, oh no, Fisher. <laughs> Thanks, Kathy, and you are the master, the master of the universe. You are so wonderful. Hi, everybody. We are so glad to be here with all of you. Today, we'll be talking about our memoir writing, and this writing prompt could be setting you up for that. So does anyone want to read the response to the prompt, which was, you and your best friend are riding on the school bus on the last day of school, heading home, and you're having a conversation. Abby. Hi, everybody. This is simply called Summer Vacation. I'm so excited, 10-year-old Caleb squealed as she sat next to her friend, Janelle, on the bus. I can't wait until our families are together in Disney World. Janelle blinked back tears. Dad got laid off again. We can't go. Oh, no. Caleb put an arm around Chanel. Hey, I know. Why don't you come with us? Really? Chanel gazed at Kayla. Yes. When we get off the bus, we'll go to my house and ask my mom. Then we'll go to your house and ask yours, okay? Chanel grinned. You're the best friend ever. Both girls embraced the end. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Hi, everyone. We're going to be talking about some memoir now. We've done this before, but we're going to go a little deeper today and we're going to have some writing activities. There's a difference between autobiography and memoir. And for the sake of time, we're not going to go into too much about autobiography. There's a lot of information out there. With autobiography, you need to make sure that you are document everything and can prove everything you say in your book. When you're writing your memoir, this is about what you remember, how you felt during that time, what you saw, heard. It doesn't mean it gives you carte blanche to say this person said that and this person said this because you need to be careful of liabilities. So you might want to change people's names. And then we'll talk about the disclaimer later. But it's very important that with memories, you're going to focus on these are your memories and how you felt. And is it fiction or nonfiction? A memoir can be a combination of both. For an example, an event, a friend of mine in her book, her grandfather 
was we, we had him making coffee when her grandmother was having the baby. We don't know if he was making coffee. We don't know that. But in the book, we put that he heard a baby crying and he went running up the stairs and he saw this baby crying in his sister's arms, but he still heard his wife screaming and he looked over and then there were two. And that's how we introduced the twins. So be creative in that respect. We can add some dialogue. You may not know exactly what's happening. That wasn't really dialogue as much as adding in a little bit of story to make it interesting. Who's going to be reading it? Are you just writing it for yourself? Do you want to share it with family, with friends? Do you want to publish it? Today, we're going to do a writing exercise. Think of a theme. Where would you like to start with your family? When I say your family, it's the family of yours that may not be biological, maybe friends growing up that was like a family, etc. But think of a special event, something special to start with your theme. Kathy, you want to elaborate a little bit more on that? Yeah, touching down in a couple of different places along a timeline. And this is the first one that we're kind of thinking about your family. So it's kind of the backstory. So it's maybe before you begin or kind of encapsulating your family, family of choice or biological family, as Cheryl was describing, jot down thinking about, okay, if I ever wrote a memoir, what might I include? And at this point, you might only think of a couple of scenes at first. Take a couple of notes about those scenes and see if you can start writing about one of them. That's how I would approach this, Cheryl. It's just an idea. And right. you can see what leads along for you, what sort of ideas come along, and you can start writing on one of those scenes that comes to mind. So we're trying to give a little bit of a backstory about your origins, your family, your background. And then after we do this for three or four minutes, we're going to give you time to write. Then we're going to move on to another time period in your history and do a similar activity. And we're going to progress in a couple of spaces for that. Just we're going to do several of these. And then we're going to talk about memoir, talk about memoirs we've read and talk about some resources as well, just to give an idea of where we're headed. But we thought we haven't had writing activities in a while and this would be a chance to explore one that we all can pull something from our past. We have content. And so we could start here with this backstory, as it were. Any questions? Actually, we do. And that would be Mary Carly. Um, I guess I don't understand what you want us to do. So are you just telling us how we're going to proceed with the exercise at this point? Or do you want us to jot down a, a backstory? I guess I'm just a little bit confused. You have a you have a choice. If you have clear in mind what you want as your backstory, go ahead and write that. If you don't have that clear in mind, because we've just started this idea, you might write down a couple of scenes that you're thinking about, a couple of events. And when one of those triggers a larger thought in your mind, you can follow that and write about it. We're trying to stimulate your creativity and get something to flow, Carla. You can start with your outline. If something strikes you and you feel like you want to write, 
you can stop and write more about it. Is that what you're trying to say, Kathy? That's what I'm yep. thinking. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. This is yours. This is your story. You can start where you need to start because as you start, then maybe something reflective might come back to you. If you're focused on that point, go for it. Start there, see what happens, whether it be just jotting down ideas of what you want to elaborate on or starting to write this particular part of the memoir. This is yours. We're suggesting ideas. This is a writing activity for you. And you want a family one, not a school. No, family. it doesn't have to be. Not everybody has the same kind of family. Some people may have gone away to school. We're trying to have a starting point. So some people need to start there. That's not where you want to start. That's fine. And eventually it may come into play where you want to do more. A memoir can be a series of memoirs. This can be one volume, one section, one part. Wherever you feel like going with it, start. The goal is to write, to get writing, because this is where we get stuck. This is a suggestion. Thank you. You're okay. welcome. Thank you. Remember, have fun with this. Don't get thinking of have to. The idea is to get stimulated and write. Write what feels comfortable for you. During our workshop, we took four minutes to write. This might be a great time for you to pause this recording and write also. It might be a great incentive to encourage you, or you can wait till the end. But sometimes we find when we stop and pause, we're more likely to write. But whatever works with you is fine with us. Enjoy. Lisa. Hi. It was a good, a good exercise. I didn't think of it in these terms. My mother was able to get out of her mother's controlling ways after her mom returned from a sanitarium and miraculously recuperated from TB when my mother was a teenager. The way she exited the home was because she became pregnant with her boyfriend of over two years. After a year and a half of marriage and two children later, she longed for her freedom while only 22 years old. Unfortunately for her children, they did not receive the love and attention they needed. My sister was very jealous at age two when I was born. I required major surgery. My sister was very jealous at age two when I was born. I required major surgery and had a long hospital stay by today's standards. This caused my mother to miss my sister's second birthday. Her animosity towards me only grew. She would appear to be kind on the outside and to act kind, but not out of sincerity. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, that sorry. was Go really ahead. good. I, I just yeah. want to mention that was really good because unlike what I did, Lisa touched on um, emotions, really went into her perspective. I realized I did a lot of chronicling without emotion and she really quickly mm -hmm. went into the place of memoir so I just wanted to mention that not everybody needed to do that at this point some of us might have just been jotting down ideas but I just want to mention that it seems like Lisa captured memoir pretty well there 
What I appreciate that, Kathy, because for years, all I used to do was write chronologically, and I could never write an emotion. So it's quite an honor for you to say that to me, and I really appreciate you saying that, because I've worked for years for that, and it's amazing. I didn't even realize I had done that, so thank you for those comments. Sure. Next up, we have Ann Chapetta, followed by Marlene Massat. I went like in between the timeline and the memoir, because I wasn't really mm -hmm. sure what, what mm -hmm. I wanted to do until I started writing it. Mm. So 1950, small town, Bob and Mary, how they met and dancing was their passion. She was a Catholic schoolgirl, and he was a young man without organized faith. And the story would be about how they fell in love. Um, so Mary's traditional, traditionally minded family didn't like Bobby. Um, he drove a hot rod <laughs> and he lived in the big city, you know, New Rochelle, you know, city boys, <laughs> you're supposed to stay away from those city boys, right? Bobby was a love child. Bobby had a, a background of his father got, was divorced back in 1950, which was targeting yourself for all kinds of bad stuff from people because back then divorce was taboo. His father went and hooked up with another woman and they had Bobby. So he was a bastard and he had to live with that. And then he went and fell in love with this traditional Catholic girl who had two very protective brothers who were also not very good boys, but you know, they did everything outwardly to pretend they were. They often had run-ins with each other. Um, and even though Bobby kept clear from all the shenanigans and all the stuff that went on, he was still being talked about because he was, he was a city boy and uh, he could never really escape that and, his, and the past that was put upon him by the decisions of the older generation, naming you know, his father and stuff like that. So that's as far as I got. That was kind of half outline, half trying to get the, the points across um, in terms of the conflict that the memoir might have. Uh, and so that's it. That's all I got. Thanks, Annie. Mm -hmm. Exactly. That That's um, capturing a lot of different ideas that now you can go back to and work on. Next up, we have Marlene Massat, followed by Pam Johnson. Hi, Good. everybody. Hello. I actually have a draft of uh, autobiography that I have, but I I relate stuff to writing because that's my passion. And I'm glad that no one has started out with the cliche, I was born, blah, blah. You still need a hook. Here's what I've got. I have loved writing from an early age. Ever since my grandfather taught me to sound out the names of the colored crayons, I have wanted to make up stories. My uncle Joe bought me a small portable tape recorder when I was 11. I made up short plays, which my grandparents, mother and I recorded. In high school, I wrote romance stories even though I had no experience at all. I was an only child, introvert, and sheltered due to being legally blind and needing hearing aids. The end. Thank you. Next, we have Pam Johnson, followed by Abby Taylor. Mine started, I grew up a pretty normal kid. I had a sister 
two parents, a grandmother, and two cousins who lived with me. And I grew up in going to regular school, an elementary school, Garfield School, got involved in Girl Scouts. and That was a heck of a lot of fun, went on camping trips. And then a junior high school, Washington Irving, and Lehigh School in eight. And I even got to go to some dances. But then it came a time when the powers that be thought, well, maybe she should go to a blind school. I don't want to go because I'm, I'm, I'm just, I just don't want to go. I'm, I would be special, and I don't want to be that special. I don't want to be singled out and everything. And I think I'm pretty normal, you know, and I was doing pretty good in school. But I said, okay, we'll go visit. So we went visit, went to visit and just walked around. And then I came back, and I still had the same feeling. You know, it was okay, nice campus, you know, looked like some of the kids were pretty nice hanging around. But then my father was a very wise man, didn't say much, but a very wise man. He came and said, look, your mother would like you to go there and, you know, at least try it. And so those words kind of impacted me. So I went. On my father's advice, I went. And the first night, a boy who had the most beautiful platinum blonde hair I'd ever seen asked me to dance at the hangout room, the teen room in uh, Stanton, Virginia. And he did pretty good in life. And I thought, well, gee, this, this might not be so bad after all. And as a result, I got involved in cheerleading and track and did pretty well in school. We even got into chorus and had some singing lessons so that uh, going to a blind school wasn't so abnormal after all. It turned out to be pretty normal and so was everybody else. The end. Thank you. Great. Thank you. And next up is Abby Taylor. I just wrote down, made some notes on some scenes some scenes that I might write, put in a memoir about my time at the Arizona State School for the Blind in Tucson, which wasn't always the most pleasant place to be. And I'll just share one little little snippet here. In fifth grade, and this was in the 1960s and early 70s, in the fifth grade, I had a rather sadistic teacher who got it in her head that I needed to try different kinds of foods. And so she tried to get me to eat an apple one day. She kept me when everybody else went to gym class. She kept me after and had me try to eat this apple. And I didn't like the taste of it. And I ended up throwing it up. And then she, she tried some other different foods later on. I managed to get those down because she told me, I'm going to try something else. And if you throw it up, you're going to have to keep eating it until you get it down. So I managed to get other things down. And then um, I was homesick with the flu. And my mother baked some cookies. She took them to the school and handed out to my classmates. And I was afraid that once I got back to school, that the teacher would have me eat one of my mother's cookies, which I really, they were like snickerdoodle and other types. I just wasn't into cookies back then. And I was afraid she's having to eat one of those cookies. But fortunately, I think by the time I got back, the cookies were all gone. Thank goodness. That's my story and I'm sticking to it. Thank you. Next up is Carla Hayes. I chose to just concentrate on a scene that I can remember vividly as if it were yesterday when I was growing up. And I just sort of wrote the story and I actually finished it. Uh, so, but it's a short one. 
No one could phase Grandma Hayes, but my oldest brother, Tommy, wanted to try. He was always bringing home animals, rats, snakes, skunks, hawks, you name it. That's why he grew up to, to work in the zoo. That's where he belonged. But today he was going to phase Grandma Hayes. She and I were sitting on the patio shucking corn. All of a sudden, 12-year-old Tommy sneaked around the corner. I could not see what he was carrying. It turned out to be his latest animal acquisition, a big, long black snake. He plopped it on Grandma Hayes' lap and stepped aside, waiting for Grandma's shriek. But instead, she laughed gently and exclaimed, Oh, Tommy, what a snake! What did you get him? I didn't have to see to sense the disappointed look on Tommy's face. As I said before, no one could phase Grandma Hayes. Wow. <laughs> God bless your Grandma Hayes. Quite excellent. <laughs> Oh, was you, Carl? I would have been like screaming and running. Actually, I picked up that snake, picked it up before, and we fed it something, and I could feel the little lump going down its body when it was. Oh no, no, TMI. Keep going. So I, you know, I he he wrapped two of them around me and sent me into the kitchen, asked me to ask mom what was for dinner, and she did shriek. <laughs> he thought he could face Grandma Hayes. We have more that we were going to pursue. Maybe we can do a memoir part two, July. One of the things Cheryl and I were talking about, we have a couple of books to recommend about writing memoir, but also we wanted you to think about memoir stories that you've read and which ones have been your favorite. Which ones did you like and why did you like them? What what was it that pulled you into the story, made the story memorable for you? What did you learn about memoir? And And I think that might be really beneficial because by reading different styles of memoir, you get more ideas about different ways to be able to write. And then by reading about the craft of writing, you learn about the technical aspect. So um, if people wanted to go ahead and raise their hands about what they have read um, in memoir that really attracted them, they enjoyed, and what they liked about it. That could be really helpful for the group of us. And I'll mention a couple of books that Cheryl and I have discussed. Probably the best known one right now is The Art of Memoir. It's by Mary Carr, and she's been a professor at Syracuse University, I think it is, for 30 years teaching this. And it, it's uh, highly acclaimed. I've read it. Uh, Mary Carr, K-A-R-R, The Art of Memoir. Another one is Writing Memoir by Joey Payne, P-A-Y-N-E, Writing Memoir. And the third is by Natalie Goldberg, uh, who we expect this would be a really good one. She wrote Writing Down the Bones, which is a mm -hmm. classic book on writing. And this is called Old Friend from Far Away, The Practice of Writing Memoir. And just the title gives you an idea of perspective. Old friend from far away. The art, the practice of writing memoir. And that's Natalie Goldberg. So there are three. We'll include them in the show notes. 
But if people wanted to share memoirs they've read that they've enjoyed and why those memoirs had an impact on them, I think that would be really helpful. Abby Taylor. Abby. All right. Well, it just so happens that I'm in the process of reading a memoir right now that I started a couple days ago. And this is actually the second in a series of two memoirs written by Mark, M-A-R-K, Carlson, K-A-R-L-S-O-N, and these are on Bard. And the second one that I'm currently reading is called Confessions of a Labra Diva, Another Blonde Leading the Blind. And the first one is called Confessions of a Guide Dog, an, a, a Blonde Leading the Blind. And these are, they are about how he got his guide dog and he writes about what he and Doug did together. But the neat thing about these memoirs is that he interjects little snippets from the, the dog's point of view. So you hear his story, and then you may hear a completely different side of the story from the dog. And this book, I mean, I'm just laughing and laughing and laughing all the way through this. It's it's a really it's a really these are really good good memoirs. It's a great way to 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 write about your relationship with your dog is to have the dog talk about it too. So that's what mm-hmm. I enjoy about these memoirs. Great. What is his Thanks. last name again? Mark? Uh, Carlson. K. Carlson. R-L-S-O-N. Great. Thank you. Next up is Pam Johnson. Yeah, the uh, one I read um, that I thought was pretty good, it was half memoir and half um, recipes. It was uh, called Taste by Stanley Tucci. He uh, he put interjected a lot of his recipes in with stories from his childhood and his um, Italian upbringing and what, uh, what happened with him and his family in Italy and other places, but it was just uh, interesting the uh, things that went on in in his family and how they had these great big dishes, like at Christmas time, this great big thing that had everything piled into it and told all the ingredients and everything. And it was just, you know, humorous, but he had a lot of his emotions in it as well. That's it. That's interesting because I just finished reading My Life in France by Julia Child and someone else. Uh, uh. Um, And it's about when she learned uh, French cooking at Cordon Bleu and about when she wrote Mastering the Art of French Cooking with her co-authors. And it's interwoven with recipes as well. And it's a great read. And it's, it's a whole different way to approach memoir. Thank you, Pam. Cheryl, talk about the role of disclaimers in memoir. A disclaimer is to protect you, the author. Or if you're writing with someone, both of you, as in the case when I wrote with Denise. It's her memories, it's your memories, your feelings, your thoughts, how you remembered something. The way you remember something and the way a sibling remembers something may be totally different. The way you and a person you know remember something may be totally different. So you want to emphasize that these are your memories, what you thought, how you felt, and you put them into the best of your knowledge. And again, if you're not sure and you're worried, change the name of the person. And then you can also add that disclaimer that you've changed the names of the people involved to protect their identity. You want to have something in the beginning 
and then at the end. I like to have them in both places. Okay, good. Anthony Corona. One of my favorite authors is Madeline Langle, and she's written a bunch of memoirs. But my favorite one in that group is, it's called A Two-Part Invention, The Story of a Marriage. And she doesn't presume to write from her husband's perspective, but she intersperses all the chapters with conversations that she had with her husband, basically starting out the chapters from things he said to her and then going into the stories. And it was a really, really nice read and taught me a lot about relationships. Next up is Anne Chapetta. The memoir by Sally Fields, the actress Sally uh-huh. Fields, was uh-huh. extremely pivotal for me as because um, I've written a memoir myself. But to um, the one thing I was struck by in that in that book was her decision to portray her vulnerability. It's a really good read. And I would mm-hmm. recommend. I don't remember the name, the title of the book. Mm-hmm. I didn't get a chance to go through my my list, but um, mm-hmm. it's it's very good. Karen M. First, since we have not heard from her, then Carla. So go ahead, Karen. Okay. Hi, um, I'm fairly new to this group. I do enjoy writing, so I thought this might be a good place to start. I was researching the three books mentioned on Bard. And I came across another book, which seems interesting to me. It's called On Writing, A Memoir of the Craft by Stephen King. The Bard number, which is 50873. Rita Mm -hmm. Mae Brown has one about writing memoir because she wrote um, memoir. And she has one about writing memoir. And it's in Bard also. Rita Mae Brown, who wrote Ruby Fruit Jungle. Now let's go to Carla. The one memoir that I read and loved is called Confessions of a Bad Teacher, The Shocking Truth from um, American Public Education, um, from, yeah, from, I think it's the front lines of American publication. And it's by John Owens, DB77472. And it's read by Bill Wallace. Let's continue this story here with our memoir. Continue on with what you're writing. You can share up to 150 words the next time we're on a memoir for a special event in your life. Oh, that sounds terrific. After the ACB convention, we have a a guest on the show. And Cheryl, I'm going to suggest that maybe we do memoir part two after that. That sounds great. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So we'll continue the workshop that we started today because we only got through one section out of three Mm -hmm. or four. So (laughs) we'll have Stephen is on with us on the 14th of July, and then we'll go to the 21st with the second part of memoir. Mm -hmm. Very good. Okay. Thank you for joining us on Writing Works Wonders. Everybody today has made this another wonderful episode. Thank you, participants. Thank you, Cheryl. Thank you, Chanel. Thank you, everybody that's helped us in technical support. We really appreciate your input and participation. And we hope that folks that have been listening in have followed along to be able to engage and be able to explore the writing activity that we um, did on this show as well. As we mentioned, we will not be on the air during the ACB convention, but we will be back July 14th, 
Steven Theberger is our guest, and he is an author of science fiction and also underrepresented groups in his novels. He is also a graduate of the Perkins School for the Blind, so he'll have um, plenty to talk with our community about. And then, as you just heard, hot off the press, July 21st will be Memoir Writing Workshop Part 2. And we'll be excited to do that with you folks. Be sure to visit writingworkswonders.com for these show notes, resources, and you'll find all details to participate in Writing Works Wonders events. Above all else, we want you to be encouraged, inspired, and enjoy the wonders of writing. We look forward to being with you next time. Thank you for joining us today on Writing Works Wonders. Kathy and I are thrilled to spend time with you. A tap on that button that says subscribe so you will not miss our show. You can also tap on the link for writingworkswonders.com. It'll take you directly to all the show notes and information that we shared today. Then you can sign up to receive the Zoom link so that you can be live with us when we are recording. You can also contact us at info at writingworkswonders.com. Our phone number is 347-467-0221. We also have a donate button. All donations go to technical expenses that Kathy and I incur in order to keep this podcast going. Kathy and I want you to feel encouraged and inspired and know the wonder in writing. And until next time, our friends, keep on writing. Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff.